Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome back to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I want to wish you a happy new year. We made it to 2021 And I am excited about all we can accomplish together in 2021. And I've got a great interview for you today to help you. We're going to talk all about culture and especially the culture of engagement and belonging with Gary Ridge, the CEO of WD40. Now, this interview came from the Talent Development Virtual Summit that we hosted back in September. Uh, Gary has been on the podcast in the past talking about employee engagement, and we continue that conversation here uh, he is just an inspiration in everything that he has created and built and what he runs there at WD40. And I love sharing his wisdom and all of this with you out there in the talent development world. And before we get started, I want to remind you that I also run a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank. And this is the number one place for talent development professionals to go to connect, learn, grow, and share with other L&D professionals out there across the world. And if you are looking to grow your career, if you have any goals in 2021 or beyond, and you know you could benefit from connecting with others in the talent development world to hear what they're working on, what they have put in place, what are their best practices, what are their challenges, then I urge you to come check us out at the Talent Development Think Tank. Reach out to me or go to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us as in Talent Development Think Tank, tdtt.us. All the information is on the page there. And uh, it is a wonderful community. We have lots of videos and recordings in our member vault, including this one and everything from the Talent Development Virtual Summit, as well as a live call every Wednesday where we are uh, listening to guest speakers and sharing best practices with each other. Uh, It's a wonderful community. I love being part of it. I love hosting it. And I'd love for you to come check it out as well, tdtt.us. All right, without any further ado, let me take you to my conversation with Gary Ridge, the CEO of WD40, all about building a culture of engagement and belonging. Enjoy. 
We are all striving for higher employee engagement and to create a great culture. Nothing is more important for increasing retention and productivity. And if you are looking to create a winning culture of engagement in this virtual world, then this session is for you. Hi, my name is Andy Storch, your Summit host, and I'm excited to introduce you to today's legendary guest. Gary Ridge is CEO and chairman of WD40, a global organization based in San Diego. Since 1997, Gary has helped reignite excitement and create cultures that foster breakthrough innovation in companies and workplaces in over 62 countries. Gary has been named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 10 global CEOs and has been named Igniter of the Year by Simon Sinek. Thank you, Gary, for being here with us today. <laughs> G'day, Andy. That's quite an introduction. I prefer to say I'm the consciously incompetent, probably wrong and roughly right, tribal leader at WD-40 company. Yeah, well, you are doing some things right because you've got a lot of great things going on. And I think, you know, one of the things that uh, makes you such a great leader uh, from my distant perspective is that you have such a servant leader mindset, such, such a humble mindset that, uh, you know, I think the modern leader the thing that, that helps modern leaders become successful is, is just enabling people to get their work done instead of trying to be the smartest person in the room, uh, rather you know, finding ways to just let people get their work done. And you've created a really fantastic culture there at WD40. Um, before we get into some of the virtual world and COVID stuff, I wanna just start with the question, what do you think are some keys to having a great culture? Well, you first have to have a people first mindset and you're absolutely right, Andy. It's, I often say it's all about the people. You know, our job is to create an environment where people go to work every day. They make a contribution to something bigger than themselves. They learn something new. They feel, they feel safe and are set free by a compelling set of uh, values and they go home happy. Um, you know, Aristotle said in 384 BC, Pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. So truly our job as leaders is to create that environment. You know, it's a, it's a balance. Uh, great leadership is a balance between being tough-minded and tender-hearted. Uh, organizations where leadership is too tough-minded, people feel vulnerable and at risk. And where they're too tender-hearted, they also feel vulnerable and at risk. You know, we have a, a if you will, a formula for creating a great culture. And it, it's like this, it says, culture equals and the equal sign is happens when parentheses values plus behavior close parentheses times consistency so again it gets back to what are the values in the organization the behavior piece is interesting i describe it as being a leader who loves their people enough to be able to comfortably recognize them doing great work and be brave enough to redirect them when the behavior needs to be redirected. And, um, and then finally, you've got to do it consistently. And, and that's how we've built uh, a, a great culture at WD-40 that I am so grateful for going through these um, weird uh, leadership times that we're going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we talked about being a servant leader and you're talking about enabling people, kind of getting out of the way and letting people do their best work, but also being courageous enough to give them feedback and, and help them grow and improve as well uh, so that we can always continue to get better. Um, in addition to creating this great culture, you also have amazing engagement, employee engagement scores at WD-40. They're through the roof. Incredible 99% of employees say they love coming to work. How does that happen? How do you do that? 
Well, number one, you treat people with respect and dignity. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that I, that I really like in the engagement scores is, you know, our total engagement is 93%. 97% of our tribe globally say they respect their coach. Now, we don't have managers at WD-40 Company. Everybody is called a coach. And the reason being, it's kind of the, the motto that we said in the book that I wrote with Ken Blanchard, which is, we're not here to mark your paper. We're here to help you get an A. So the first thing is, what does an A look like? Is there clarity around accountability, what we're going to hold each other accountable for? Uh, we care about you. What does that mean? It means that empathy is huge and ego is low. Uh, we're candid with you. What does that mean? Uh, there's no lying, no faking and no hiding. I honestly believe, Andy, most people don't lie. But what they do do is they fake and hide because soul-sucking leaders create an atmosphere of fear. So people are fearful, so they therefore can't find that circle of safety. So, you know, we want to be candid with them. We want to, and then we want to res be respectful. So putting all those together... Um, that gets us those sort of results over time. And it's, again, uh, it's just wonderful to be with a, a group of people who, who really do treat each other. You know, our, our, we call ourselves a tribe, not a team. I think you know that. And our pledge is a group of people that come together to both protect and feed each other, truly in the heart of our, of our, our organization. Well, you jumped right ahead to my next question, which was going to be, you know, why do you refer to people as, uh, as being part of a tribe rather than being, you know, employees or a group or an organization, that sort of thing? Well, one of the biggest desires we have as human beings is to belong. You know, we're social animals. We want to belong. We want to feel like we're wanted. And I know I have, and you probably have, and probably a lot of the people who are with us today have left a, a, an organization, a, a function a company or even a relationship because they didn't feel like they belong. And uh, Maslow's hierarchy to self-actualization, the first two rungs of that talk about, you know, safety and survival. And most organizations, you know, uh, create those two environments. They, they pay people so that they can survive and there's a level of safety. The third one is belonging or love. And this is where people let them down. You've got to love your people up and, you know, Love doesn't always mean um, you know, singing Kumbaya on Fridays. Uh, love is about you know, loving them enough to care about them to be able to do the things we talk about. So people belong at WD-40 Company. We are a tribe. Uh, I studied the attributes of the indigenous Australians and the Fijian Islanders to try and really get clarity around what kept these, or keeps these people together in harsh conditions with limited resources. And interestingly enough, the number one responsibility of a tribal leader, a true tribal leader is to be a learner and a teacher. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you and I were able to turn back the clock and, and observe a group of uh, indigenous Australians at a tribal meeting thousands of years ago. We'd see them sitting around and the tribal leader would be doing one thing first. They, he would be teaching them to throw a boomerang. Why? Because the boomerang is the, was the tool of survival. If you could not use a boomerang and use it well, you would not survive. So a tribal leader's first job is to be a teacher of boomerang throwing. Uh, so our number one responsibility as a leader of our tribe is to be learners and teachers. 
I love that. And also, as you're talking about all these different characteristics of leadership at WD-40, I can't help uh, but think about everything that uh, our friend Liz Weissman talks about in her book, Multipliers, and being a talent magnet and uh, enabling your people, not being a tyrant, not leading with fear or micromanaging, all the things that um, diminish people and make them live out of fear and want to go somewhere else. I love her work. And, you know, I've listened to that book a number of times. And, you know, I, I certainly believe we have taken the elements that she talks about and we put them into practice and we've proven uh, that it works. You know, you know, one of the things that Simon Senek and Marshall and, and Goldsmith and Ken Blanchard, who are all good mates of mine, say, you know, Gary, you prove that we're not some sort of theoretical, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, people, you, you actually do what we what we think should be done and you've proven that, are, that it actually works. So, yeah, um, and we have, you know, this has been sustainable over 23 years, you know, and, and that's that's what's really that's where the consistency comes in. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And that's why I wanted to get you on here because it's always nice to read these books and hear like the studies and you should do this and that, and this is the way great leaders run things. But people always want to hear, well, how is it happening in practice? How, you know, how do you really make this happen in an organization? And I guess the question a lot of people would be wondering or, or want to hear is you, know, you talk about these great tenets of leadership and um, how you run as a tribe how do you get all of your managers and people on board with this? Do you do training? Um, you know, how does everybody get aligned with this way of working? Well, of course, you know, um, it's really important that when we bring new tribe members into the tribe, that we do our job to ensure that their values are aligned with our values. And, and interestingly enough, in probably the last 10 years, um, a lot of people are coming to WD-40 company because they want to work in a company that does it the way we do it. Um, and, you know, so we attract, you know, I wrote an interesting article about the soul sucking CEO and, and um, you know, I, at the end of it, I said, treat your people right. If not, there's a place for them at our, at, in, in our, in our TP, if you will. So, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, we do have training, but, you know, <laughs> I, th I love this thing about culture. You know, I, I talk to people about culture and I say, what do you think about culture in an organization? Said, well, yeah, we're very interested in culture. I said, okay, there's a difference between being in interested and being committed. Are you committed to building a, vig a, a really exciting, powerful culture? If you are, let me tell you, it's simple, not easy, and time is not your friend. You have to do this consistently, otherwise it will die. Do you remember, I don't know if it would happen to you when you went to school in a science lab, you'd get a Petri dish, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd put stuff in it and you would grow culture in that dish. Yeah. And we'd watch that dish in science class every day to see how the culture would, would develop. Now, what's important, if there were antibodies or toxins that got in there, if you didn't pick them out real quick, the culture's dead. So our job is to continually make sure that we're measuring, engaging, and, and being in that culture. Uh, and sometimes you have to pluck out some toxins if you need to, but don't be shy about that. Yeah, for, for me, it, uh, it makes me think of growing a garden. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to grow a garden in my yard, but I don't pay enough attention to it. I let it get out of control. I don't get the weeds out of there. Uh, I don't tend to it enough and it, you know, it never seems to work out because it needs so much attention on a daily basis. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful example. And, you know, 
leadership is is about it's it's like being on broadway 365 days a year 24 hours a day with the lights on i mean you really have to dance and remember everybody's looking at you um, and they're waiting for that misstep now we're going to misstep from time to time i'm i'm certainly a long way from perfect um, you know, the three most important words I have ever learned in my life are, I don't know. Mm. And, and, but you have to be then show vulnerability and say, yeah, okay, I'm not perfect. And a great example of that, you know, we moved from being together 25 weeks ago to now being 25 weeks of being um, virtual. So overnight, we had to pivot and become comfortable doing things like you and I are doing right now. Now, a lot of people in the organization, we had all these tools, but they weren't using it. And I, I was often kind of talking to our IT people, why aren't people using WebEx more? Why aren't we using all this technology more? Well, they were afraid because they didn't want, they were, didn't want to be embarrassed because something happened. But, you know, I remember one other time I was on with you and one of your lovely kids came in behind you and picked up a bit of paper off the printer. And I don't know how many times I've been on a call and Max the wonder dog starts barking and whatever. Well, forgive people for being human. Forgive yourself for being human. So in, in, in times of real need, people can pivot around fear. So let's not be ashamed about the situation let's just show vulnerability so when we started on on this early on i used to intentionally mess up on video calls and i go oh geez i'm hopeless i can't do this oh you know because i wanted to show people i you know it's, we're human okay let's be human right yeah it's so funny because uh just earlier this week i was also doing an interview with uh larry McAllister, who's the global head of talent at netapp up in the Bay Area, and uh, we were talking about, I was introducing him, we were talking about how things have changed in this virtual, uh, you know, reality that we live in. And as we were having that conversation, my daughter came in behind me and started asking me a question. I'm like, well, here, this is, this is what we live in, right? And, and this is the, the culture. And once again, you have gone right into the next question I was going to ask, which is, how have things changed under COVID? How have you maintained this with everyone or many people working virtually? Well, again, I, I think when this started, and it start, started for us back in January, I, I, this whole COVID thing reminds me of the Indiana Jones movie, where he was running and the boulder was chasing behind, you know, uh, Temple of Doom, and, yeah. Yeah, the, exactly. Um, so, you know, we made, we, at the beginning of this, we said, okay, we're going to have three clear objectives. The number one objective is the the safety and the well-being of our tribe globally so we pivoted very quickly to make sure that we made the decisions to ensure they were safe and they they were could operate number two was to stay connected with and service our customers and our vendor partners and number three was to ensure that we maintain the infrastructure of our business so we could thrive through this so then we went through a four-step program which was basically stabilize secure reset and thrive. And we, we did this globally with our team talking about what do we believe now at, and how is that different to what we believed before COVID, which was very important. And then it was about communication. Um, you know, we, we hold every, I send a message out to our tribe every day. Um, we send a more detailed message out once a week. We've been doing videos. 
we've got comfortable doing two or three hour you know, global Zoom calls, workshops. So all of this is about communication, staying in touch, you know, again, walking the talk that you want to be connected with people. Um, that's really, really important. In fact, I, I made a list here of uh, all of the learning that I've had um, in these last few weeks, you know, things like be vulnerable, um, stay centered as, as possible, over communicate, stay connected, resist the temptation to micromanage, have clear boundaries, be present, be mindful, be real, be a giver, not a taker. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've said this is tough, but I know together we can handle it. Um, and then the word that became clearer to me is the word uncertainty. People can deal with risk, but they, tr they have a, a challenge with uncertainty. And then I realized what uncertainty was. Uncertainty is a series of events that may or may not happen in the future. So, okay, let's make sure that we balance the may or may not. Because if we think that uncertainty is a series of events that will happen in the future, we're going to paralyze ourselves. So these are some of the things that, um, that we did. So again, it's like a list of tenets of great leadership, uh, especially <laughs> in uncertain times, but you're right. Uncertainty is a lot of times people get caught. The fear is thinking about events that don't even exist yet, right? Of what could happen. But a lot of people in these times are afraid of, you know, will I get laid off? Will the company survive? Will I still have a job? Will I be able to pay my bills? And this impacts, you know, causes stress and impacts, productivity, engagement, and culture as well. So you've got to be able to put those at ease. Yeah, and one of the things that came, became clear to us as well, Andy, is don't just tell people what you're doing, tell them why you're doing it. Transparency is so important. So, you know, when we were making certain moves, we were making sure that we, we shared with our people, we're going to do this, and this is why. And people are, are more... Um, inclined to support you if they know the why, because they go, okay, I, I understand the why behind this now. Yeah, I mean, you know, your friend Simon Sinek talked about that years ago, and it rings true, like not only do people need a why to move them forward, people want to know why, especially the younger generations more than ever, right? They don't want to just be told, do this, or we're doing that. People want to know, you know, why are we doing it? So transparency, communication, uh, so important. And there's a lot of challenges coming up. You and I share a mindset and philosophy I love. And we talked about how, um, you know, our friend Marshall Goldsmith is like this as well. Um, can you talk about turning challenges into opportunities and, and choosing to be happy no matter what the situation is? Yeah, Marshall has a wonderful uh, thing that he shares. He says, do not be embarrassed about being happy. He said, if you're going to wait for the world to be perfect to be happy, you're going to have a very long wait. There is always going to be something. So be happy now. And I, I, I subscribe to his daily practice of asking myself, myself a series of questions every day. And, they, and they're, they're, they're active questions, not passive questions. Did I do my best to uh, is the beginning. So I ask myself, did I do my best to set clear goals, achieve those goals? Did I do my best to be happy? Intentional. Did I do my best to declare victory today? So, you know, I think, again, this is about awareness and consistency. You know, did I do my best to let it go? Um, and he has a wonderful, you know, process. He, he says, put your hand, ah, 
let it go. And every time I do that, I get goosebumps, honestly. I mean, I can let things go because I can't carry so many rocks in my backpack. I got to let them go. Right. And everything, in theory, everything rolls up to you as CEO, global CEO, right? So you, you, there's a risk that you might start to carry all that stress, all that weight, and you got to be able to let some of it go. And then set an example for your people as you're driving this culture because there is so much stress out there. Um, what, what has been... Um, well, I guess I want to ask, are there any other practical tips you would share uh, that we haven't covered in terms of driving a great culture in a virtual world? Because everybody's looking for ways to keep their people more engaged and help them continue to thrive um, while they're working remotely. You know, I think the key to this, Andy, is whether it's virtual or in contact, be you, be real, be, you know, be authentic, show vulnerability, connect with people with a, with a pure heart. You know, these are the things, and honestly, in some ways, the virtual world has connected us a little better than in our uh, non-virtual world. You know, we we have a a a, um, a group called the the this the, the commercial heads of business. It's it's my senior leadership team, and we now meet every week at, on a Thursday afternoon. And you know, there's people from Europe, there's people from Australia, so there's people up late at night and people up early in the morning. And we've been meeting every week for 25 weeks. Now we're just ending our, our fiscal year shortly. So yeah, the, the one we had last Thursday was kind of our wrap up one. And, and at the end of it, we did an honorable close. And an honorable close is you ask these questions, you know, you know, what did I like about this? What am I, what do I need to apologize for? What am I grateful for or whatever? And we all went round and we shared that amongst ourselves. But the big aha out of that was everybody said they felt closer to each other because we spent an hour together uh, every week and it was on, it's on WebEx, but there we were. Um, and we did, we said, we actually feel like we're a, a more collaborative and more trusting. We can be more vulnerable because of the consistency of us being together. So I think the virtual world gives us that opportunity to have a, a more consistent connection. Now, we all want to be back together. We can't wait to see each other and, you know, toast a glass and, you know, enjoy a meal together. So I think we are, we are going to be better going forward because we will use the new tools we have in between those times when we are together physically and I think that'll make a big difference. I don't agree at all with everybody's going to go virtual now. You can't do that. Mm. I mean, it's not gonna. It's not going to happen. Um, we built two new buildings in the last three years, and intentionally we built what we call collision zones in the building, so people actually are forced to run into each other to have that conversation, because that's how important it is. You don't build great cultures by people hiding in corners. But you don't have to hide in a corner physically. Now you can get out of that corner virtually, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, and virtual provides more opportunities for people to run into each other if we're more intentional about you know making those connections. Absolutely. And I don't one of the things I haven't done, but I want to do, is have a, a a virtual open time, which is I would say I am going to be in my virtual room at twelve noon to one p.m. on this day every week. And anybody who wants to drop in for a chat, please just drop in for a chat. And I think that's, I, I was reading about that the other day and I think that would be fabulous. You know, if all the leaders said, okay, no, no, no agenda, 
I'm going to be in my virtual You're Zoom working. room or whatever for this time, at this time. Please drop in, say hi. You know, we were doing virtual happy hours on a Friday afternoon. They were great. You know, we'd all get on and, you know, toast a, a glass of whatever our favorite beverage was. And we tell a few jokes and talk about stuff and, but we can do it. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned gratitude and connection and this type of thing. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, deep, I know you're big on the importance of uh, affirmations and celebrating wins. Can you talk about that as well? Yeah. A celebration is a big part of of what we do. You know, we celebrate in good times and we celebrate in times that are not so good. You know, life's a gift. Don't send it back unwrapped. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that uh, we are celebrating. Uh, I love the work of Chester Elton. You know, he wrote the book. His latest book is Leading with Gratitude. Um, and it's amazing, you know, with sincere gratitude, how you can really build those connections with people. And it's a shame that most people only know they're doing a good job in some organizations because no one yelled at them today. You know, that's really sad. Um, so, you know, w the number one thing we need to do is be grateful for people because um, they're special. You know, as Bob Chapman says, everybody in our companies, and he wrote the book, um, he's the CEO of Barry Weinmiller. And he said, everybody in our company is someone's precious child. And I think, you know what? So I, I, I talk about having not a head count, but heart counts. It's not how many heads we have in the organization. How many hearts do we have in the organization? I love that. And I appreciate the, the mention of gratitude. And I think it drives so much happiness. And I'm grateful that you're on here sharing all of this today. And it reminds me that you introduced me to Chester and I haven't got a chance to talk with him yet. We've been, we've been connected um, and trying to make that happen. Um, one final question for you, uh, Gary, for you know, our audience, mostly in talent development that are, uh, you know, they are primarily focused on engaging and developing their people uh, and the new challenges in this virtual world. Uh, what's one thing everybody can go do today to create a more engaging culture of belonging? Um, make sure that empathy eats ego instead of ego eating empathy. That's really what it comes down to. It's not about you, it's about those you serve. Leadership is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of the people in your charge. So, you know, it's not about you. Yeah, it's a great way to close it out. Well, Gary, this has been fantastic. We have covered a ton of ground. I'm just looking back at my notes. We talked about the keys to having a great culture. Um, we talked about your formula for culture, uh, which is uh, values plus behavior in parentheses times consistency, uh, how WD-40 creates great engagement scores, um, why WD-40 refers to managers as coaches, not managers, the importance of empathy, um, the importance of avoiding faking and hiding and being authentic. Uh, we talked about eliminating the atmosphere of fear, why you refer to your organization as a tribe, uh, why humans have a desire to feel like they belong and the importance of belonging. Uh, the number one responsibility of a leader is to be a learner and a teacher. Uh, how WD-40 gets all of their coaches and employees aligned with the values of the tribe and some of the training you do, the importance of vulnerability and admitting that we don't know everything, uh, how WD-40 has pivoted under, w, uh, under COVID, uh, how to pivot, you talked about stabilize, secure, reset, and thrive, the importance of transparency, um, not being embarrassed to be happy uh, and embracing that and gratitude, uh, asking those daily questions, uh, authenticity and vulnerability, uh, talking about the honorable close, the importance of affirmations and celebrations. Um, you talked about gratitude and you talked about uh, some of the key pieces of leadership as well. 
Uh, we covered so much. Gary, anything else you want to add or um, where should people go if they want to learn more about all of this uh, before we go? Well, thank you. Yeah, I do have a website. It's uh, www.thelearningmoment.net, thelearningmoment.net. I am on LinkedIn. And then if you want to learn more about WD40, of course, www.wd40company.com. There's a careers page there. See if, uh, if there's anything going on that interests you. We're always looking for great new tribe members. And uh, my only wish for you today, Andy, is I want you to go and fix that squeaky swing. <laughs> yes, I promised you. Uh, I told Gary before we started recording that uh, my kid's swing set is really squeaky. And uh, one of my to-dos for the upcoming weekend is to buy some WD-40 gel, the new gel that Gary told me about, and uh, use that to fix those squeaky chains so that I can hear them because they're trying to talk to me while they're swinging and I can't hear them while they're swinging. So we got to get rid of that squeak uh, and then we'll make memories for them and uh, talk about the, the beauty of W40 and the great tribe um, and culture that you have there. So Gary, thank you so much for being here, for coming and sharing so much of your, your wisdom and, and learnings from your time as leader there. And for all of you who have been tuning in, who have been present, thank you so much for being here, for listening. As always, make sure you take some notes. I'm sure you have been taking notes, but write down what are those one or two key takeaways, those things that you want to take action on, do differently, that you're gonna change. Um, we want you to take action from this session. That'll make it valuable for Gary and for me and for all of us. So make sure you do that. And remember that we are at a pivotal time in history Talent development, talent enablement has never been more important. Engaging your people, creating that culture in this virtual world has never been more critical and you have the opportunity to be the hero in your company's journey. So make sure that you are that hero. I am your host, Andy Storch. I appreciate you joining me. Appreciate you joining Gary and we'll see you on the next session. Cheers. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.